Excellent. We are going to turn to the Word of God, and uh, we're going to uh, continue what we began uh, looking at last week. Last week really was a, a short introduction to what we're going to be journeying through um, as we spoke about and started to put the highlight on this thought of house of prayer. And uh, as we said last week, this is more than just a teaching series, though we're going to be talking about prayer each and every single Sunday morning over the next couple of months. Um, but this is more than just a teaching series. This is about this leg of the journey that God has us on, that we really believe that God is placing an emphasis on prayer. And our hope is that this is going to affect each and every single one of us, not just on a Sunday morning, uh, not just collectively, but individually, that our prayer life individually would change and be transformed. So last week, Pastor Andy uh, spoke to us, Pastor Andy being our senior pastor, remember we're one church in many different locations, and we're all journeying through every week, we're journeying through this together in all of our locations. And Pastor Andy introduced us to this thought of house of prayer through the video message, and he highlighted these verses. I want you to turn your Bibles to Matthew 21, if you've got your Bible with you. We're just looking at verse 12 and 13, and this is what it said. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those who were selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. My house will be called a house of prayer. We want to be that church that Jesus calls us to be. We want to be the house of God that celebrates prayer, amen, that puts prayer first and foremost, where prayer is celebrated and valued, where prayer is not just the foundation, but prayer is ingrained in everything that we're about and everything that we do. But as I said a moment ago, there's an individual call to that for each and every single one of us individually, not just for us collectively as a church community. So our hope over the next few months is that not just there's a shift in the culture of our church community, but also something is lit within us individually as well. So we're going to cover a lot over the next couple of months, but today we're really starting at base camp. Today we're really starting at a foundational level so that we're all on this journey together. And we're looking in all of our locations at this question, this fundamental and foundational question of what is prayer. Because if we're going to talk about prayer over the next couple of months, we kind of need to start off by actually dealing with the issue of what prayer is. Now, when I ask that question, what is prayer, rhetorically, I wonder what your response is. I wonder what comes to mind instantly when you think about that question, what is prayer? Because the reality is that there's many stereotypes of prayer. And if you were to go out here today and ask different people, what is prayer? Very often they would give you this picture of somebody with their eyes closed, their hands clasped together, and either reciting something or whatever, because it harps back to what they experienced in primary school and uh, assemblies and prayer. And so when they think of prayer, they just think hands clasped, you know, close your eyes, um, grace, you, you say prayers when you're about to eat a meal or whatever it is. And so that's what many people will think of when they think of prayer. But the truth is all of us have a slightly different answer and all of us have different experiences of what prayer is. Now you may be here this morning and a friend bought you or you've come along, you saw advertising and you haven't yet begun a journey of faith. You're just exploring who is Jesus, what is this all about. And so for you, likelihood is that's all you know of prayer, what I just mentioned. For others of you, 
you've begun a relationship with Jesus, you're intrigued by this, but you haven't yet begun what we would term a prayer life. Prayer isn't a, a vital or an important part of your life. For others of you, you've been a Christian a whole lot longer and yet you still don't pray. Because you've never truly understood what, what is prayer all about. To you it just seems kind of random. Um, you don't know how to hear God. You pray and it just seems like you're just speaking into thin air. What is prayer all about? And so for you, you don't pray either. For others of you, you used to pray. But you hardly pray at all right now. And you probably know exactly why. There was maybe a moment in your life there was maybe something you look back on when you prayed and you didn't get the response that you thought you were going to get in that moment. You prayed and you believed for that healing and yet that person died. You prayed asking for the abuse to stop and yet the abuse continued. You prayed asking God to save your marriage and yet it still ended up in divorce. And so for whatever reason, you think, you know what, prayer is good for everybody else, but it's not for me anymore. You don't pray because you just think, well, what's the point? God doesn't listen. God doesn't hear. So I'll worship and I'll read my Bible and I'll do church. But the whole prayer aspect, I'm just going to park somewhere over here. For some of you, if you were to be truly honest, you say, Pastor, I, I try to pray, but I just get bored. I find prayer boring. I, I, I pray and then I, I say, do you know what? I'm really going to start praying. And so I pray and then I find myself 30 seconds later uh, doing something, realizing I'd just forgotten I was about to pray or whatever it is. Your mind just wanders somewhere and you say, do you know what? The whole prayer thing just seems kind of boring to me. For others of you, you pray with a shopping list mentality. So you pray, but the only time that you pray is when you need something. And you come before God and say, God, I need one of these, three of these. If you could sort this person out, if you could remove this person from my life. And all the, the only time that you ever pray is when you need or want something from God. Others, maybe you pray at key moments, when you have to make a big decision, when you hit a crisis point. And in that moment, you think, I know that God has the answer, so I'll pray in this moment. Some of you, you're really busy and you pray on days when you feel like you can fit God in. Some of you, you have an on-off relationship with prayer. One moment, it feels like your prayer life is going somewhere, and then other times, it feels like a, a stuttering, faltering engine where you're like, I, I don't get the whole prayer thing. There's like an on-off frustration with prayer. And for others, you would talk about prayer like it's the greatest thing in your life that you could never live without. I wonder if you were to be honest, I'm not asking for answers out loud this morning, but if you were to be honest with yourself, where would you locate yourself on that scale? Because if we're not going to start with honesty this morning, if we're not going to start this series by saying, this is where I currently find myself, then we're not going to see any change in our lives. God knows anyway, you know anyway, so let's deal with the realities right now so that we can push on from there. The reality is, wherever you find yourself on like that washing line, wherever you find yourself on that scale, you would probably all say, including myself, I could be a better prayer. Whatever we actually mean by that. Is that someone's stomach? Is that, did somebody forget to have breakfast this morning? Okay, we're in a safe building. You're okay. But we would all say, I, I could be a better prayer, or I could experience more of God in prayer, or I want to hear God clearer. We would all say somewhere along the line, there's more than I, I can get from prayer. So what is prayer? Now the most basic definition of prayer to me would be this, talking to God. Relational communication with God. You see, when you boil it down, there may be different ways to pray, there may be different types of prayer, and we're going to look at all of that in this series, but when you boil it down, when you strip it all back, what is prayer? It's talking or communication with God. 
So we're going to look at that a little bit more in a moment. But first, I want to look at what prayer isn't. Because I think sometimes when you're talking about what is something, it's actually sometimes useful to look at what is something not, in order that you can kind of unlearn a whole load of stuff and learn what the Bible says about prayer. So, so on this journey, I think just as important as what we're going to learn, I believe there's some stuff that we're going to unlearn along the way that we may have grown up with, that we may have just been handed down or whatever it might be. So let's just take a moment looking at what prayer is not. First thing I want you to know is that prayer is not for the selected few. Okay, sometimes we feel like prayer it is just for a few. And I know that seems like a really obvious thing to say, that prayer is for everyone. But you'll be struck by how many times I speak with people and it feels like they say, you know, I haven't been a Christian for very long. Or I don't know much about the Bible. Or uh, I've got this recurring sin issue in my life. So how can I engage with God in prayer if I haven't yet dealt with myself and sorted myself out? And we set up this almost imaginary league of, well, these people are really good Christians. I'm here, whatever. And so we, we decide who prayer is for based on how we view life. Let me say this. Prayer is for everyone, okay? This series is for every single one of us. This journey is for every single one of us because God wants to hear and communicate with every single one of us in this room. The New Testament is filled with instruction for believers to pray. No matter what their age, no matter what their background, no matter what their spiritual maturity, prayer is for everyone. So no one is disqualified. Here's what else prayer is not. Prayer is not a therapeutic meditation type exercise. I think sometimes we've drifted into believing that prayer is something that is just the same as what you would find in a meditation classroom. Now, yes, the Bible says in Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. And that's a key part of what it is for us to engage in God. And yes, there will be times when we just sit in God's presence in absolute silence and hear from God and receive from God. So, so don't misunderstand me, but what I want to say is this. If all we ever do when it comes to prayer is we sit and we empty our mind or whatever and we don't talk and we don't hear and we don't acknowledge God's presence, that's not prayer, right? If I was to sit, go into the lounge where my wife might be, Kirsty, my wife, and I was to sit there. Now, of course, there's moments where we just sit in silence because we're doing whatever, reading whatever. But if I was to continually come into my wife's presence, never acknowledge her presence, never speak to her, ignore her every time she spoke, and then I was talking to one of you and say, yeah, our communication is amazing, right? You would probably, she would have an issue with that because that's not communication. So when it comes to prayer, there's talking involved there's listening to God there's acknowledging God's presence prayer is not just some kind of therapeutic meditation type exercise prayer is not bothering God or taking up his time okay sometimes we misunderstand what prayer is and we think that oh you know I'll just pray for a moment or or I can't bring this before God or this isn't holy enough to pray about Right? Sometimes I talk with people and they're like, oh, God's not interested in that. That's like a, a minute detail of my life. God's interested in everything. God wants you to talk to him about everything. God delights in hearing from you and speaking to you. You are never bothering God. And again, I know this is really obvious to share, but you'll be amazed how many people don't truly understand this. You are never bothering God. He is never dismissive of you. Do you know that this morning? God loves you. He longs for intimacy with you. God loves it when you pray. Proverbs 15 verse 8. 
says, the sacrifice of a wicked is an abomination to the Lord. But listen to this. But the prayer of the upright is his delight. Do you understand that when you pray, that fills God with delight? When you communicate with God, you're not bothering him. You're not taking up his time. It fills him with delight. Prayer is not bothering God or taking up his time. Prayer is not a way to bribe God or boss him around. Okay, again, it's so important that when we engage in prayer, we understand who we are and who God is. Prayer isn't about forcing God to do something that he's not going to do. Prayer is not about twisting God's arm and, and blackmailing God and, and, and being in this place where we're trying to order him about. Now, I know that prior to being saved, or maybe in our very early days of Christianity, and I include myself in this, we all prayed prayers that went like this. God, if you do this, then I'll do that, right? Every single one of us, in one way or another, we all prayed those kind of prayers. God, if you change this situation, then I'll give the rest of my life to you. And very often we forget our end of the deal, right? God, if you sort out this financial situation, I'm just going to be the most generous person around. God, if you do this, then I'll do that. And X plus Y equals Z, whatever it might be. Now listen, when we mature spiritually, we begin to understand that prayer is not about bossing God around, blackmailing him, manipulating him. Prayer is about hearing the heart of God. God is in charge when it comes to prayer, okay? God is the one that changes us, not us changing God. Prayer is not a magic wand. Again, some of our thinking when it comes to prayer is we only pray when we need something and we instantly believe God will just change every situation because we're in charge. Prayer is not a magic wand. Prayer is not name it and claim it. Say it and see it. Now again, don't misunderstand me. There's clearly stuff that the Bible teaches about faith and the power of our words, all of those kind of things. But if we're seeing prayer as some kind of magic wand where something transactional takes place rather than something relational, then we are going to get frustrated by prayer. Prayer is not only asking God for things. Now I've put the word only in there because clearly part of prayer, as we're going to see, is about asking. It's about requesting from God. But if that's all we ever do, then as I said earlier, that's not communication, that's a shopping list. That's a a vending machine mentality to who God is. God, I'll come to you and I'll ask you for this and then you must give it to me by Wednesday. That's the wrong thinking when it comes to prayer. So if the only time you pray, if the only time currently right now you, you speak to God is when you want something, again, this isn't about condemnation, this is about saying, okay, if that's where we're at, then our hope is that as we journey through this series, as we journey on what God is going to take us on, then our mindset and our heart will shift when it comes to prayer because there is so much more to prayer than maybe what you currently know. Prayer is not a performance or a religious routine. Jesus said this in Matthew 6 verse 5, When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners in the synagogues where no one can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. So Jesus, when he's talking on prayer, said don't use prayer as a performance. Don't use prayer as an opportunity to show off. Don't use prayer as a place where you can spiritually show how much more mature you are than everybody else around you. Everybody else in your connect group. Everybody else in your friendship circle. Everybody else in your family. 
That's not what prayer is about. He says, don't be a hypocrite. Don't pray like the hypocrites. Now, at the time when Jesus was saying this, there were a whole bunch of Jews who were using the opportunity to pray as a performance, who were using it to be seen in the right light. And so they would go to the, to the temple or at the synagogue at the moment of public prayer, and they would rise up and be the one praying so that everybody could hear them, everybody could see them, and it was all about them. He also talks about when you pray, don't hang around on the street corners. Now, you might think, well, what's that about? Why, why do people pray on the street corners? Now, that wasn't a regular thing that happened, but what was taking place in that moment was that there were three times where there was a call to prayer, 9 a.m., noon, and 3 p.m. And what was happening that day is that people were timing their movements in order that they would find themselves in the most public place in that time of prayer. And so they would just walk around, okay, so if I just hang on, right, and there they would be in the street corners or in the public place in the time when it was time to pray, and they would begin to pray these religious performance-driven prayers that were all about them. Jesus says to them, but also to us today, prayer is not a performance, prayer is not a way to impress others or look more spiritual than others. If you are using prayer as a spiritual weapon, stop in the wrong sense of a word. God calls us to use it as a spiritual weapon correctly, but if you're using it to look better than others, stop doing that. Because prayer is not a performance or religious routine. Jesus goes on in verse 7 and says, When you pray, don't babble on and on like the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. The Gentiles would pray to many different gods, and they would pray these really long prayers in order that they believed that they were more likely to be heard. And they would repeat the names of these gods over and over and over again in order to get attention from these supposed gods in their prayers. That whole word, babble on and on as the Gentiles do in this translation, when you look at the original word for that, it's got that connotation of blah, blah, blah. Okay? So Jesus is saying, don't go on and on in your prayers just so that everybody thinks, wow, they're good at praying. Because it's a performance, and it's not a real-life moment. Also, when you pray before God, and we're going to look at this, when it comes to personal prayer, you know, you don't have to keep saying the same thing over and over. God hasn't got a memory issue in that moment. God hears you. And sometimes we can find ourselves praying in the morning, and we're like over and over and over, and God's like, no, I've heard you in that moment. Don't repeat just for the sake of it. Prayer is not a performance, but prayer is also not a religious Routine. Now, a little bit in line with that, let me say this, and I'm not saying this because it's something that's within the culture of family church having. I'm thankful for that. But it's important to also say this, that prayer is not a holy way to get away with gossiping. And let me, let me just be clear on this, because I have been, and no doubt you have been as well, in prayer moments where you feel like, hang on, are they actually praying, or are they actually trying to let us know that they know what's going on in that situation. And so you'll be in a prayer moment, and the person knows that they can't just gossip because the Bible is clear that gossiping is wrong. But if you shroud it in prayer, then it's a holy gossip, and that's maybe acceptable. So I say, dear Lord, we just want to bring... Uh, now, I've got to be really careful. I think now. Hilda... Uh, uh, there's no Hildas, right? Okay, Hilda and Thomas... Okay, we're safe. Right, so, dear Lord, we just want to bring Hilda and Thomas before you. Not many po people probably know this, but because I'm so close to them, I understand they're going through marital issues right now because Thomas keeps flirting with his secretary at work. And 
but, but Lord, I know that that's not something that's good. And Lord, I hope he repents of that. Now my tongue's in my cheek as I say that. But the reality is I've been in prayer moments where I sit and I think, are you praying or are you gossiping in this moment? Let's not use prayer as an opportunity and sometimes out of insecurity and that's why we need to deal with these things because they're a reality sometimes in insecurity I've been in this moment where somebody and you can just tell it's it's rooted in this thing that they want everyone to know that they're caring for that person or they want everybody to know what's going on and so they'll use that moment when actually the better thing to do would be because God knows so what you pray in private God hears and you can in that moment where people are together walk with integrity and all the things that the Bible speaks of and say, Lord, we just want to pray for marriages. You don't need to name people. We just want to pray for marriages. We want to pray that things change. Now, of course, when everybody is aware of something, that's okay. But you hear what I'm saying. Don't use prayer as a place just to share information that you want people to know. Prayer is not one size fits all. We're going to see that a lot throughout this journey. Prayer is personal. Prayer is bespoke. And how I pray is not necessarily the way that you pray. And how you hear from God is not necessarily the way I hear from God. And yes, there are biblical principles that we're going to look at. There's boundary lines, if you like, that we're going to look at. But the reality is we are all different. Prayer is not one size fits all. And finally, before we look at what prayer is, prayer is not one-sided. Okay, Prayer is not one-sided because that's a monologue. When it's just us talking, that's a monologue. And prayer is not a monologue. Prayer is a conversation. So not only do we talk to God, but also in prayer, we listen to him. We hear from him. Now, again, if you think, how on earth do I hear from God? We're going to cover that in this series and equip you with that. Prayer is two-way communication with God, relational communication with God. That involves talking, yes, but also listening and hearing. You see... If you think about any strong relationship in your life, chances are there is frequent and good communication. That means that that place, that relationship remains in a place of strength. It's no different with our walk with God. Prayer is not one-sided, it's conversational. So we've dealt with some of the stuff that prayer isn't. There's a whole lot more we could cover, but that kind of covers some key points. Let's look at what prayer is. Is. Again, this is just week one, very foundational, where we're just understanding what prayer is so that we have a correct mindset when we pray. And the first thing I'd say is this. There's many things we could say. Let me just share a few. The first thing I want you to know is that prayer is a privilege. Prayer is an absolute privilege. And sometimes I think because we're so used to what we have in God, we forget sometimes and take for granted what we have been blessed with. But if you think before Jesus and the Old Covenant and the Old Testament, you read that, that there was the high priest who could enter into the presence of God. Every single one of us can enter into God's presence at any given moment, wherever we are. We can know God. We can experience God. We can speak to God. The fact that we get to speak to our Creator, the fact that we get to hear from Him, the fact that the God who put the stars into space and knows every galaxy that we don't even know about yet, that God, the fact that we get to speak to him and hear from him I think we need to understand it is an incredible privilege that God who creates thunder that's the God that we speak to the very same God that you hear that roar of thunder 
and, and you go to the ocean and you see all those things, the, the fact that you see all these things in nature, he hears you when you pray. Now again, we've got to understand that he does hear us. Because otherwise you bring prayer back to this thing where you just pray out your thoughts and you're just speaking into thin air and you're hoping that your words will somehow magically change them. That's not prayer. Prayer is a privilege. Hebrews 4, <laughs> verse 16 in the Amplified says, Therefore let us with privilege approach the throne of grace, that is the throne of God's gracious favor, with confidence and without fear. When we come before God in prayer, we can do so with confidence. We can do so without the wrong kind of fear. But yes, we come with a holy fear and an awe and a reverence that we're going to talk about. But we don't come with a fear of who he is and we understand who he is as we sang about a moment ago. Why do we do it? So that we may receive mercy for our failures and find his amazing grace to help in time of need. An appropriate blessing coming just at the right moment. Prayer is an awesome privilege. And I think if we understood that more, then maybe we would engage in prayer a little bit more. Prayer is also powerful. And by the way, as I always say, when, if you've ever been in a, a time of prayer with me and just a relaxed moment, you will hear me often say something along the lines of the fact that your prayer is powerful. Because sometimes we know, oh, prayer is powerful, but we kind of, again, make this imaginary Christian league where it's all the, you know, the pastors and all the leaders and all the evangelists are up here and we're just kind of mid-table, maybe right down the bottom. We're kind of hanging on. And so we're not sure that our prayer is powerful, but the Bible determines that our prayer is powerful. James 5 verse 16, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great what? Has great power and produces wonderful results. So according, not to me, but according to the word of God, according to God's scripture that is God breathed, he says that the heartfelt prayer, the earnest prayer, not the religious prayer, not the prayer where you perform, not the prayer where you're going through the motions, but the heartfelt, honest prayer of a righteous person is powerful. Now, who's righteous? You are. If you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you are righteous. What is righteous? You have right standing before God. Not, not because of anything that you've done, but all because of what Jesus has done for you. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21, a very well-known verse, but let's read it again this morning. So we understand that this is speaking about us. God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us. How did that happen? That took place on the cross. Why? So that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You, if you have placed your faith in Jesus, no matter what this past week has looked like, no matter how 2023 so far has looked, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus, because of what he has done for you. Now, if you go back to the book of James, it says that those who pray from a place of righteousness and those who pray earnest and honest and heartfelt prayers, their prayers carry great power and can produce wonderful results. Again, what if we understood that? What if we truly understood that the magnitude of that fact that almighty God would listen to you it's so simple and yet it's so huge that we have access to God prayer is also relational 
Prayer is not meant to be a religious activity. If you're doing prayer as a religious activity, it's probably why you're bored. Because it's not meant to be a religious activity. It's meant to be a relational form of connection and communication. It's about our union with God. It's about our fellowship with God. As I've been saying, it's all about communication. So when we pray, we can praise God. We can tell him, thank you for an amazing day. We, we can tell him about our concerns. We can talk to him about our day. We can just enjoy his presence. We can ask him for his wisdom. We can ask him for other things. We can thank him for gifts, both big and small. Prayer is relational. And sometimes I think we lose sight of how simple prayer is actually meant to be. We complicate it with books this big, you know, 74 ways to have true prayer life in God. That's not what we're looking to do in this series. We're actually trying to bring it back to an understanding that you can pray, and when you pray, it is powerful, it produces wonderful results, and it is something that is relational. And that takes us on to our last point. Helen, you can come up. We're going to wrap this up and just pray at the end of this moment. Prayer is also a lifestyle. If we want to know what prayer is, it's powerful, it's a privilege, it's relational, but it's also a lifestyle. One day Paul was writing to the church in Philippi from his place of house arrest and he writes to this church that he's planted and he writes these words, Philippians 4, 6-7. Do not be anxious about anything. Talk about the enduring word of God that remains relevant for all situations and all times. That this word is just, if not more relevant today than it was when it was written. Do not be anxious for or about anything. But we're living in a day and an age where anxiety is on the rise like never before. And, and Paul says in this moment, do not be anxious about anything. But he gives us, instead of just saying, don't be anxious. He actually tells us what to do instead. He says, but in every situation, think about that word this morning, every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Now this is a result of that moment in prayer. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Another translation says, worry about nothing. Pray about everything. Now you may sit there and go, everything? Pray to God about everything yeah God wants us to talk with him about anything and everything that is going on in our lives and so when people say to me you know what's the best time to pray or how do I pray best or how do I engage in prayer the best here's the answer that scripture gives to us it's found in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 17 it says pray without ceasing another translation says pray continually one other translation says, never stop praying. In other words, prayer is meant to be this ongoing communication with God all day long. Now, if you're sat there thinking, that sounds completely alien to where I am right now. That sounds so foreign to where I am right now. But I want to encourage you, stick with us through this series because we're going to begin to look at what that truly looks like and what that means that it would affect our personal prayer life and it would affect how we pray collectively as a church because the bible talks about two main forms of prayer personal prayer and corporate prayer or collective prayer but here's my challenge to you as we wrap up 
this morning. Maybe you say, I don't know where I'm at on that scale, or you know exactly where you are at that scale that I spoke about at the beginning. Maybe for some of you this morning, you have given up on prayer because you didn't get the result that you were believing for. Maybe you've given up on prayer because you have talked to God about anything and everything, and yet it didn't seem to make a difference. And you think, well, maybe prayer is for those who enjoy it, but it's not for me. I want to encourage you, try prayer again. And come with a fresh mindset. And come with an openness. But as we go on this journey, my my prayer is that by the end of this year, you would be in a place where you say, do you know what? My prayer life is so different now to how it was before. For some of you, maybe you've never prayed. As I said, you find prayer boring. The very thought that we were going to talk on prayer, you're like, do we have to? Okay, let's just get through to Christmas and then it'll be Christmas and that will be fun. But for the next three, do we really have to talk about prayer? Because where it excites some, it causes others to think, that's just so boring. Again, I want to encourage you, try prayer again. Or maybe try prayer for the very first time. And stop praying like you think God needs you to pray and start praying with honesty and heartfelt sincerity. And again, we're going to journey through that over this series. Wherever you're at with prayer, try prayer, try prayer again. And maybe you're somebody who, like I said, you, you do pray. You're somebody who loves prayer. I want to encourage you, don't stop praying. And make sure you never turn it into religious activity where you're going through the motions. Keep prayer fresh. Just as you would with anybody as you do relationship and you communicate with people and you keep things fresh. Keep your prayer life fresh. Whatever that means to you. I'm not going to be prescriptive about that. But wherever you find yourself in that journey, I want to encourage you to look at prayer with fresh eyes this morning. Let's pray today. I want to do two things this morning. I'm going to wrap this morning up just by praying a prayer together in a moment about our prayer life. But before I do, I just want to give an opportunity and an invitation for anybody here who has never given their lives to Jesus. Or maybe you once did, but you've wandered away from him. And maybe some of those things that I spoke about this morning, the unanswered prayers, the frustrations, a reason why you journeyed away from God. But today you say, I want to begin a comeback or I want to re-engage a relationship with God. So maybe for the very first time, or maybe you're coming back to walking with God, we're going to just give you an opportunity today to connect with that God who so loves you and delights in you and wants that growing relationship with you. So if that's you, I'm not going to embarrass you or pull you forward or anything like that, but I want to provide an opportunity in this moment to just connect with Him. So I'm going to count to three. When I get to three, I'm just going to ask just that you pop your hand up in the air. And then if there's anybody here, that, that's you. I'm, we're going to pray for you this morning. As I said, I won't embarrass you. This is about you and God in this moment. Are you ready? One, two, three. And you say, I want to begin a relationship. Thank you. Or come back into relationship with God. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Lord, we just pray for these people who have responded. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you know them. You know, have a plan and a purpose for their lives. But Lord, more than anything, you want relationship with them. Father, I thank you that that relationship grows, that that relationship thrives, that that relationship just causes them to understand everything about life and everything that you have for them. 
found you, Heavenly Father. Found you, Lord. And I just want to pray this prayer together. Would you just repeat? If you're somebody who says, yes, on this journey, I want to see God at work in my life, would you just pray after me? Heavenly Father, I want prayer to be real, honest, and effective in my life. On this journey, help me to unlearn some stuff. Help me to see what the Bible says. And thank you for the privilege of being able to pray to you. Amen. Father, we just thank you that on this journey, things are going to change. Lord, I thank you, Lord. I'm excited, even in my own life, Father, of what you're going to do in and through us, individually, but also collectively. Things are going to change. And Lord, I thank you that we will, as a result, know you better, hear you clearer, and see you at work in our lives, in our families, and in our communities, we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, just give God praise this morning for all that he's done.